This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, True English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company on this Monday afternoon, a little after two o'clock. Time for a look at the week in Iceland, the week that has been and the week that has yet to be. And as ever at this time, of course, we find ourselves wondering just whether or not we are on the cusp of another eruption on the Reykjanes Peninsula. Doubtless we'll discuss that in the company of my colleague today, Alexander Christiansen, who's here uh, to take us through the week in Iceland. Shall we start there, actually, and just look ahead and say that as we sit here, uh, even though we've been sort of expecting it, there's nothing imminent. No, not really. It's just we're just playing the waiting game once yeah, again. Yeah, and the experts who've been looking at the the land rise, as it's called, the level and the extent to which the land is rising around around Svartsengi. I think they are saying that all the signs are there for this to be similar to the last two occasions, but we haven't had the eruption yet. Exactly, and and they're saying that just now the amount of of magma that is inside this uh, chamber mm. has become the same as it was, like. A month ago, hmm. before hmm. the eruption, it's like 6.5 million uh, square meters, yeah. which yeah. is a lot. It's a lot of magma. Yeah. And it's better under the ground than above it, of course. But we shall see if that pressure continues. But as things stand, we're not in a position to say that an eruption is imminent, although experts are expecting there to be one, or at least they're, they're not expecting them they're not to be one uh, sometime very soon. We'll, we'll, we'll stay with this general subject and we'll talk about Grindavik, of course, the town that was so badly affected, not just by the two recent eruptions, the last one in particular, but of course the earthquakes back in November that started all of this that have done terrible damage to the town. Um, residents of Grindavik are able to return and they are returning today, though. They are, yeah. It's still like, it's not a, a free-for-all. It's, it's very controlled and yeah. there are some people that are allowed to go each day and, and you know, every day is sort of, they have to assess the situation mm. every uh, single day. And there have been a few of these returns since November, very carefully controlled. Six hours at a time, I think, people are allowed, which is, it's not a very long time to get everything, but people at least have some chance to retrieve their possessions. Yeah. And... Do we know yet, and we'll talk about this as well with what the government response is going to be, but is there an opinion that's sort of forming among Grindavik residents as to whether they do ultimately want to return to the town full time? Because a lot of them have said they don't want to. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the, most of the people we have been talking to, I feel like the pendulum is sort of swinging. People are, more and more people are starting to say, okay, I guess... We won't ever come back. You could see it, especially just yesterday in the evening news mm. for the people that were going into the town. A lot of them were saying stuff like, okay, this is the last time we're going to be here in, in a while. Yeah, yeah. And and there's been a problem as well just with the weather in the last week or so because there was a plan for people to go back into the town a few days ago and the weather got in the way of that because it's been very stormy and very blizzardy across much of the southwest as well. So the people are really up against it there, aren't they? Yeah. What has been decided by government then? We've got the Prime Minister talking about a housing bill this week. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the funny thing. There are a couple of weeks, like a couple of weeks ago, the government talked about eliminating the uncertainty. Uh, but so far, the uncertainty hasn't really been eliminated no. in any way, except that the government has said, OK, we're going to eliminate the uncertainty. Uh, but people are very much still waiting for for these bills to come. Has the government ever actually said out loud, we will buy your homes? Because that's what a lot of people in the town... No, they haven't said that. What they have said is, OK, we're going to take the financial 
sort of burden of people, but how exactly they're going to yeah. do it, it, it hasn't. They've never explicitly said that. No, because one way of taking the financial burden away would be to buy the homes. Exactly. And and I think, you know, that's that's what the inhabitants want, of course. Yes. And I think, I forget which cabinet minister it was, but certainly someone in the government's on record is saying, if we were to do that, Iceland has the money. There is enough, it would be expensive, but it's mm-hmm. something that Icelandic society could afford. But we're no closer to knowing what's what's actually planned here. No, not really. This week, though, we do find out because the Prime Minister was talking about at the beginning of next week, which is now this week, uh, or in the first part of this week, a draft bill will be ready for the settlement of housing in Grindavik. So we should find out something this week? We should do that, yeah. It will be very interesting to see what exactly the government will do. Yeah. Um, Does she have support? Will she have support from other parties in the... Government, because of course we've we've seen a lot of difficulty around the whaling issue. We've seen some some trouble given what the the foreign minister said on Facebook about the the Gaza protests outside mm-hmm. Althingi. Is there much cohesion in the government just now? Yeah, I think so. There's both cohesion within and with that uh, within and uh, uh, with the government yeah, and yeah. in the opposition yeah, about yeah. this this thing. So they agree on this. They agree on this. Yeah. Right. Whatever it is they agree on, we just don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's that's sort of the message that has come from every party that, okay, we're in this together and, you know, we will support yeah. the inhabitants in whichever way will be mm-hmm. decided. So I don't think this will be a, an issue for the government. No. I mean, this is a big question, but do you think that would extend to taxpayer support if the government, and they haven't said this, but if the government said, look, we're going to have to raise taxes to do this properly, to do whatever the people of Grindavik want, do you think there would be support in the country um, for that? Or is that where opposition Yeah, that's maybe where <laughs> where the, the opposition within the government would, would, uh, yeah, would be would visible. Yeah. All right. Well, we should find out this week, uh, in the early part or the middle part of this week. Let's turn to some very good news for Iceland, and one Icelander in particular. This is Loivi. The latest Icelandic superstar musician picking up a Grammy award last night. Yeah, well, how about that? fantastic, isn't it? Well, she is. She's at the next level, I think, isn't she? She's the next Icelandic star to kind of break through uh, in in an international way because she beat, for example, Bruce Springsteen in the same category. She got the Grammy award for her album called Bewitched. And she has made a lot of waves, I think, internationally in the last year or so. It feels like this will be her year, certainly, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think it's so amazing how fast this can be. I feel like it was just last year, okay, maybe it was the year before, I'm not sure, where she was just somebody who all of a sudden started to gain track and, and, you know, then this happens. It happens so fast today. Does it surprise you that a country of, well, almost, but not quite 400,000 people has so many internationally famous musicians. Yeah, it really does. It is surprising, yeah. isn't it? Because you've got, obviously, Loivi, you've got the really big names like Sia Ross and Björk, but there are lots of other kind of mid-table names who are very well known as well. And indeed, in the sort of neoclassical field, you've got the likes of Oliver Alnilds, who was also nominated, he mm-hmm. didn't win. So all the genres are covered. And this is from, a, as I say, a country of less than 400,000 people. Imagine if we had millions. Imagine if we had millions. Is there something in the water here, do you think? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's the water and it's the isolation, I think. That's what it must be. All right. Um, something that lessens the isolation a little bit as you move around the country is the 
uh, airline network that exists if you fly north, south, east, west. There's a new domestic airport report which is overdue, but it will be coming out in March concerning the possibility of a new domestic airport for Reykjavik at uh, Kvassahrein, yeah. which, as the name suggests, is among the lava. And um, it's about halfway between Reykjavik and, and Keplavik. Now, there's two issues with that that I can see. One, it's quite far away from the city. And two, it's very close to the possibility of, of, of an erupting uh, situation on the Reykjanes Peninsula. So what do we know about this report? Yeah, <laughs> it will be really interesting to see what is in this report, because I think, you know, the possibility of building an airport there, or more likely the, the probability of it happening, you already thought it was slim before, mm. but after all these earthquakes and, and uh, eruptions, you know, it feels out of the question, mm. I think. Uh, but this is something that has been, you know, uh, they've been thinking about for years. They've been been researching, and and I feel like since they were started, they just have to f- finish the report, probably. Yeah, which is due by March. It was due at the end of last year. But the Minister of Infrastructure, that is Sigurd Inge Johansson, says that uh, this will be coming out in March. I really like the airport where it is just because it's really handy. If you live the regular airport? Yeah, yeah. If you live in the capital area, it's right in the city centre, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes you sometimes as little, as little as half an hour between you know parking up and getting on the plane. It's all really fast and really slick. It would be a shame to lose that for some people, I think. Yeah, definitely for, for those who use the airport. But then, of course, there's the other argument that, hey, okay, this is in the middle of the city. Yeah, We should be building something here. And, and people have been pointing out the amount of people that use the airport which is less than, you know, less than use the buses mm, in Reykjavik. Mm, so mm. it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've also had a story about parking charges being introduced at Akureyri and Elstadir airports, mm-hmm. uh, but not yet at, at Reykjavik city airport. Yeah, that was strange. Yes, yeah. Because I think if you if you live in Elstadir, your options for getting to the airport, particularly for early morning flights, probably quite limited. Mm-hmm. Maybe the same is true in Akureyri as well. It's less true in Reykjavik, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we'll find out what next month about this um, potential new airport. I mean, if it doesn't go there, and there are, on the face of it, good reasons for it not to go there because of all the eruptions, where else does it go? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, does it go? I'm not even sure. Mm. You know, they've been extending the the uh, permit there for for years. I guess they'll just continue doing that. Yeah. You know, so far, there hasn't been a consensus on on any other placement, and I think there are so many people that feel like it's necessary to have a Reykjavik airport. So it's not like they're just going to close this and mm, mm. open nothing. So I mean, they could move all the flights to Keplavik, but if you are flying to Akureyri from mm. the capital. That doubles your journey time. Yeah. It's an hour's drive to to Keplavik sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to do that. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for that. Now let's talk about measles. Uh, an outbreak of measles detected in the major Reykjavik hospital. Yes. The doctors say the, the reason for this, this is the same thing as has been happening in Europe, that measles cases have been uh, increasing a lot. Mm. And the reason people say is because... Not enough people are, are getting vaccinated. 12 to 18 people are infected by every patient in an unvaccinated population. So take up, I mean, there is still a lot of vaccination going on, but were you to remove it, then 
We talked about the R number, didn't we, during mm -hmm. COVID, the number of people infected by one person. We tried to keep that below one. That's an R number of 12 to 18 Jesus. without vaccination. Yeah. So it makes a really, really big difference. Yeah. Um, and vaccination started here in 1976, um, I'm reading. It, it's a worry that this is back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, apparently there are about 90% of, of children today that are vaccinated against measles. Mm. Uh, but that's not enough. That's that's not enough to keep this. And I heard this word in the news yesterday again, herd immunity. Yes. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. It's all coming <laughs> back now, isn't it? Well, we've got one patient or one person who arrived in Iceland at the end of January, January 31st, diagnosed two days later. He's thought to be the person that brought this infection. Yeah. So hopefully that's going to be something that is dealt with pretty yeah. quickly. And we'll have to see in, in the next couple of days if if it breaks out because it's not like uh, the symptoms, they don't come just mm. on first day. It might take a week. It might take two weeks from that point. It's going to be a cold week. It is. Minus 17 in some places, 17 degrees of frost, as we would say. And I think a lot of people were hoping that it might you know, be warming up a bit because there was a bit of a thaw on Friday mm -hmm. and then everything froze again <laughs> straight away. <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready for spring, but apparently I'll have to wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah. two Icelandic, very sort of Icelandic sequence of events on Friday because you had a yellow weather warning of an extreme thaw mm -hmm. followed about three hours later by a yellow weather warning of blizzards <laughs> and plummeting temperatures. Um, so minus 17, I mean, that's not unusual for January, but do you think sometimes people forget that actually the winter doesn't really kick until after Christmas? Mm, yeah, maybe. You know, when once the the uh, sun starts coming up earlier and you feel like, okay, there's a, almost spring, but then you forget, okay, the weather doesn't necessarily get better. No. I remember on the first day of summer last year, which of course is a holiday in Iceland, it was snowing. Yes. Quite heavily. <laughs> so it doesn't mean a great we deal. We were here. On the we first were here on the summer. very first day of summer last year. I remember that, yes. Because I didn't realise it was a holiday. No. <laughs> I'll know this year for sure. So minus three to minus 12 tomorrow, and then as low as minus 17 on Friday. If you find yourself in the uninhabited central highlands, I can't imagine how you would get there or what you'd be doing there, but it's going to be minus 28 in the very middle of Iceland on uh, on Friday. Um, should we play out with Loivi? I think we will. A piece of music from her just yeah, to celebrate to her, her victory today. Alexander, thank you very much for your time on Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. You can get in touch with us anytime. English at ruv.is. And here is the woman of the moment, Loivi. Don't you notice how I get quiet when there's no one else around? Me and you and awkward silence. Don't you
more from Roof English with all the news from Iceland in English at rgv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. <laughs> 